like I'm going to cry. Because it's been so long. I am so excited to be back. Y'all better have missed me. If you didn't notice that I was gone, then fuck you. We had just three weeks of chaos. Chaos. Just chaos. I think it might have actually been four weeks. Because my husband decided that building one house at a time is not enough. No, we must also renovate the house that we are currently living in. So I didn't have a bedroom for a little hot minute there. Then I didn't have a kitchen for two weeks, which was so great. And there was just banging and screaming and barking and breaking. And it was a fucking nightmare. And there was just no way that I was going to be able to do a podcast without being interrupted or losing my shit halfway through. So I thought I would take a bit of a break. I have to be honest, though. I fucking missed you guys and I missed doing this and it wasn't just that I missed it it was that I actually felt a regression in my mental state and in my journey and that is in fact what today's podcast is all about because I went through a phase couple weeks ago where I felt very demotivated and very bummed out and very despondent because I felt like I was slipping back into my old routines I was slipping back into my old ways of thinking and feeling and I had a day where I almost thought to myself oh my fuck I've been going to therapy for a year and a half and I honest to God feel like I have learned nothing and I have changed nothing and I still have all the same issues that I had when I first started therapy I still struggle with all the same things that I struggled with when I initially started what the fuck am I actually doing and I know that that is just a state of mind and that was just a a negative thought that I had and it's not true when I do sit down and I do actively reflect and I you know, do mindful uh, reflecting and mindful exercises. I know that not that is not true, but it doesn't stop me having those moments. And I thought to myself, if I have those moments, everyone must have those moments where you do the work, you feel like you're putting in the efforts and you feel like you're still not getting anywhere or you feel like you are still stuck in a perpetual cycle, repeating the same toxic behavior over and over, whatever that might be to you. And um, uh, another thing that I'm going to talk about today, I'm combining the two, is I actually had a friend of mine on Instagram. His name is Devin. He's a life coach. Uh, He's a recovering drug addict. He's an amazing, amazing human being. And he commented or he posted and he said, What would people like to see be discussed on his page and in his videos? Because he does these little like motivational videos. And the thing that came to mind before I'd even thought about it was turning awareness into action. And I think that this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I know that I struggle with it because 
I find that, and even me myself in my previous podcasts, it's very easy to point out the problem. It's very easy to make people aware of their shortcomings, of their toxic traits, of their core wounds and their unhealed traumas. It's very easy to make you aware of all of that. How do you turn that awareness into action? So, okay, yes, I come from a broken home. I have unhealed childhood trauma. And as a result, I have an anxious attachment style in relationships and I am a recovering codependent. You know all of that. What the fuck do you do about it? <laughs> like, and I think that that actually goes hand in hand with going through regressions and feeling like you are not making as much progress as you would perhaps like to make in your journey. I feel like these two things kind of go together and that's why I'm going to be covering both, hopefully in a helpful and productive way. If not, you can just listen to me drink wine for an hour. So full disclosure, it's not even midday. Don't tell my husband. And I'm drinking a very pleb wine over here, but it's fine. Wine is wine, right? Oh, and the bottle's finished. Ipsy! Let's have a sip. I really missed you guys, man. Can't do that again. Okay. Let's get started, shall we? And I know that this is all about just enjoying yourself and having fun, but if this is something that you think does affect you, I would highly, highly, highly recommend either bookmarking this podcast to listen to it again, or I would get a notepad and a pen and write some shit down because I did actually do some research for once. It's not just me fucking blindly talking for an hour. So as I said, it's all great and wonderful, right? Getting to a point where you know which areas you need to work on. So you've listened to my other podcasts, you know that you're a total fuck up. Now what do you do, right? So, and this is what I realized, and this is, I think, why I felt so despondent a couple of weeks ago, is that being aware of your issues and being aware of the changes that need to be made is very different to actually making those changes. And I have found myself more recently, I'm actually aware of my toxic behavior or destructive behavior while I am doing it. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> this is bad. Sheena, you should really stop doing this. Do you, do you think I stop? No, I don't. I'm like, no, maybe this time will be different. Anyway, so, and, and that's, I think, where my you know, negative attitude came from is because I was like, I, I know what I should be doing. I'm aware of where I'm going wrong, but I'm still doing it. What the fuck? That is literally the definition of stupidity. But how do we turn our awareness into action? How do we turn our realizations into actual change? Because you can watch 
so many videos and there are so many podcasts and Instagram posts and YouTube videos that outline exactly what these types of issues include. Now that we're becoming more self-aware and we're exploring mental awareness and mindfulness more, it's becoming more and more common and more and more frequent that you see videos and posts outlining all of the issues that people are struggling with and what they look like. But you hardly ever get any advice regarding how to facilitate a real change. You'll get like wishy-washy kind of, you know, try this, try that. But, and if that doesn't work, then what? Then am I just doomed to repeat the same cycle for the rest of my life? How do I actually snap myself out of this shit? That's the question that I know I haven't really had answered. I, I haven't gotten a black and white answer to that question. Maybe there isn't a black and white answer to that question, but I felt the need to explore it because I felt like no one else was doing it. Or maybe you are making steps in the right direction, but you feel like you are now stagnant or you even feel like you've regressed, which to be fair is how I have been feeling. I do think that a big part of it was not doing my podcast because doing this podcast is absolutely self-serving. I don't give a flying fuck how many people listen to it. No, I'm just kidding. It's totally for you guys, but it really does help me too. It helps me for me to verbalize the things that I've learned and for me to speak to the journey that I've been on actually almost affirms it for me as much as it does to say it to other people. Um, so I feel like that has contributed to me not being in the best space the past kind of couple weeks. And another thing that happened is my therapist had to go in for a surgery and I didn't see her for about six weeks, eight weeks. And I actually had a conversation with my husband a little while ago and I said to him, I don't know if I actually need to see her anymore. I feel like I, I, I've been seeing her for so long now that I have changed my way of thinking and I almost know what she's going to tell me before she says it. Oh, how cocky was I? My God. And then I didn't see her for six weeks. And when I saw her this week, I nearly burst into tears. I was like, oh my God, I need you so much. <laughs> like... I think she did it on purpose because she probably had a couple clients who thought that they could do without her. And she was like, hmm, let me disappear for a couple of weeks and see how these fuckers do. Yeah, it was a shit show. So I've realized and it is humbling and it was upsetting at first to realize this, but it's just the way you look at it. Therapy is a lifelong thing. I honestly now don't see a time where I'm not going to need my therapist. She is a massive part of my journey and of my healing. And there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist. We should all be seeing therapists because we are all fucked up in some way or another. And to have someone who you can speak to about absolutely anything and everything with no fear that it's going to come out or Go, get back to the person that you're talking about with no judgment and then they give you advice I mean it's like pretty rad if you ask me but uh so that was a I think another reason why I kind of regressed over the last few weeks because I did sit down and actively think about what changed in my life what has gone wrong that I feel this 
And when I spoke to my therapist about this, about feeling discouraged and feeling despondent, because despite my best intention and despite my conscious action, I seem to still always revert back to my default, quote unquote. And you need to bear in mind that your nervous system and your brain will always push you towards the familiar because familiarity is safe and it's predictable. And it took me such a long time to understand this because it doesn't necessarily mean that it is good or healthy or in your best interests. You would think that your brain would want to do the total opposite of what wounded you or traumatized you in the first place. But one thing that I've learned is that this is absolutely not the case at all. This is why children, more often than not, who are raised in abusive homes, will end up with an abuser. Children who were exposed to an alcoholic or a drug-dependent parent growing up will seek out partners who struggle with substance addiction and abuse. And this goes back into that whole trying to change your brain's programming is a constant effort. And I know that that's going to make some of you want to jump off a building because it makes it seem like such hard work. But it's the truth and it's the reality and it's what I have realized because over the last three or four weeks, I've become very laxy-daisy and very complacent and I've absolutely noticed a difference. And it's because if you allow your brain and your nervous system to go back onto autopilot, you will be attracted back to the situations that your body and your brain find familiar And familiarity is not always healthy. As I said, if to you an abusive parent is familiar, you will seek out abuse. Not because you want it. My God, it's probably the last fucking thing that you actually consciously want for yourself. But it is predictable and it is familiar. And your body and your nervous system and your brain finds comfort in what is familiar. So... The first thing that I realized when it comes to regressing and feeling like you are being drawn back into destructive or toxic ways is to acknowledge, understand, appreciate that this is constant work. And I don't mean work like work. I mean, it's actually a gift. It's a fucking gift that we get to choose, consciously choose to change our narrative and work towards something different. But you can't consciously choose to change your narrative and then hope that it happens on its own because it's not something that happens by accident and it's not something that happens in isolation and it's not something that's going to stick if you only work at it for a day or two and then you get bored. Or you think that you've had a massive breakthrough and now you're amazing and all your childhood traumas are healed and your core wounds are no longer there and you've broken cycles doesn't work that way ladies and gentlemen moms and dads unfortunately I wish it did but it doesn't so oh did you hear my ankle fuck so as I said there are two reasons why you keep repeating cycles that are bad for you even 
if you don't necessarily consciously want to. The first one being, as I said, your nervous system finds comfort in the familiar. So even though it might be triggering or damaging, it is familiar and it is predictable. And your body finds comfort in what is familiar and what is predictable. Secondly, and this is what I've realized through my progressions and regressions during my journey, is that you will continue to break... Uh, sorry, excuse me. Excuse me? Okay. I fucked up. Let me just have wine. Hold on. One sip and I'm already fucking up. The second reason is that what I've realized is you will continue to repeat a pattern until you break it. And you need to say that to yourself as many times as you need to until you get it through your thick skull. You will. Not you might, you will, you fucking will. I've seen it. I've seen it with my grandparents. I saw it with my parents. I've seen it with my close family and my siblings and myself. I'm talking generational here as well. Not just you. I'm talking your family and the toxic bullshit that you all have as a collective. But you will repeat a pattern until you break it. So that is the second reason why you regress and you feel like you are back to where you started. It's not necessarily that you stopped doing the work. It's not necessarily that you, you know, unconsciously slid back into your old ways because you let your work slip a little bit. It could also be that you haven't healed that core wound. You haven't fixed within you what needs to be fixed for you to be able to move on from that lesson and from that part of your journey. And you will absolutely keep being drawn back into that cycle and life will continue to present you with challenges, whether it's the same challenge and the same person and the same situation, or whether it is presented in different people and in different situations, you will be presented with the same situation and the same pattern over and over until you deal with and move on from whatever it is that you need to deal with and move on from and heal from. And again, I know that sounds negative and you're like, oh, well, fuck me. Then why even bother? Like, I'm just going to lie on the beach and just let the waves just fucking take me. Because it doesn't matter how many waves I fight, there's always going to be another one. Yeah, until you learn to swim and then you ride the waves. But unless you learn to swim, they are going to keep hitting you. So you can lie down and drown or you can get up and learn to swim. I just made that up and that is amazing. Let's be honest. Anyway. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Just referring to my notes here. So what is the key? If I could if I could give you one word. So now I'm sitting and I'm like, okay, I've depressed everyone with the start of my podcast. Now what do I do? Sorry, my dog. Um now what do I do? Well, if I, I'm like, I have to think of one word. One word that encompasses turning awareness into action, right? And that word is wine. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's not wine. That word is self-awareness. Okay. Now, self-awareness encompasses quite a few 
different steps or different things. And all of these things will help you turn your awareness into action. So having awareness is one thing. Having awareness of what you need to change is, is one thing. Having self-awareness, meaning now you are taking that awareness, you are applying it to yourself. And as a person, you are now working towards making sure that you don't repeat those patterns again and you actively work on the part of yourself that you need to work on. What does that include? The first thing, and guys, there's no way around this. There's no shortcuts. <laughs> there's no tricks. You need to create the space and the time to work on this. As I said, there is no way around this, unfortunately. I wish there was, but there's not. So what does that involve, right? Because that's, a, I mean, create space and time for what the fuck exactly? Well, you need to connect with yourself daily. And when I say connect, <laughs> connect with yourself daily, that's not what I mean. Although, I mean, for some people that is quite relaxing and helpful. What I mean by that is check in with yourself. And I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, what? Check in with yourself. Hello, Sheena. How are you? How are you doing today? I thought it sounded ridiculous, but that is true as fuck exactly what you have to do. Because throughout the day, and you will not realize this until you have self-awareness and you are mindful of your body and your nervous system. Throughout the day, your body actually tries to tell you things. Not I'm hungry or I'm tired. I'm talking about your body will say to you, I'm not comfortable in this situation. I need you to take 10 minutes to meditate. Please do not speak to that person. Please tell that person to stop. Please go for a run, you fat, lazy bastard. These are all the things that your body could be telling you. But you don't stop for one fucking second to listen. And I know because I'm exactly the same. If I do have a second to myself, which I rarely do, but if I do, I sit with my face in my phone. So the second thing is avoid digital distractions. And you need to carve out solitude. And for that, that in itself is very difficult for a lot of people to sit with yourself alone with no distractions around you. That in itself is extremely difficult for a lot of people because they don't want to deal with their shit. They don't want to sit alone and reflect because they are terrified of what is actually going to come up. And that in itself is a massive fucking problem. And that in itself will show you where you need to put in the work. If you struggle to sit down and connect with yourself, either because you're scared of being alone or because you literally cannot put your phone down for five minutes or because you don't know how to listen to your body and to listen to what it's trying to tell you, that's going to be your first step. And the best way to get in, in touch with your body is through meditation. And again, I roll of notes when I first started this and a friend of mine told me that I need to start doing meditation even if it's literally five minutes a day download an app I think I use headspace and just sit for five minutes a day and for the first two weeks I think I was like this is so fucking lame and then I skipped a day and I got to the evening and I was like shit I actually really missed not doing that today 
because you it teaches you how to switch your mind off and it teaches you how to just sit with yourself and focus on your breathing that's another thing breath work is so powerful again stop rolling your eyes at me so that's the first thing is you need to create the space and time to cultivate your self-awareness this is not something that's going to happen on its own guys so you need to connect with yourself daily whether that is journaling meditating mindfulness going for a 10-minute walk whatever that might be avoid digital distractions during that time and carve out solitude okay second one practice mindfulness so pay attention to your inner state as it arises sorry my dog's being murdered pay attention to your inner state as it arises this is another thing that people don't do so you'll be in a situation that upsets you or that makes you uncomfortable or that actively triggers something inside of you and you can feel it but you don't deal with it you just kind of shove it to the back of your mind and you will continue to sit in a situation that makes you uncomfortable the number of times that i've seen people do this it actually blows my mind that they will sit in a situation that makes them uncomfortable they're either being teased or they are not comfortable with the topic of conversation or they don't like one of the people who's joined the table and they will sit and take it and after the fact they'll come to me and go fuck me i can't stand that chick like i wanted to punch her it's like, then why did you sit there for an hour and a half and eat lunch? Why didn't you get up and leave? Oh, no, well, that's rude. Like, you are actively ignoring what your body is telling you. Your body is like, fuck this, I want out. And you are actively switching off your mindfulness and disconnecting from your body and from your awareness. So the next thing would be to practice mindfulness. Pay attention to your inner state as it arises. And try, and this is a weird one, I know, but try mindful walking eating listening so when you are eating actually enjoy your food enjoy every bite don't just mindlessly sit there and shovel the food in your face when you are listening to someone so many of us switch off and don't even hear the words coming out of the other person's mouth actively sit and look at their facial expressions look at their faces listen to every word coming out of their mouth be an active listener that in itself will activate your mindfulness more so than it is because everything about society nowadays and everything about the world that we live in is designed to switch off your mindfulness because they want you scrolling through a phone for two hours mindlessly not fucking doing anything of consequence i say they like the aliens living in the sky controlling us but anyway next one journal your awareness so as i said in the beginning process your thoughts through writing and record your inner states this is so important i never appreciated journaling in this sense i used to write in my diary dear diary today i saw zhuang's abs oh my god i nearly died oath to god I would go through a diary every two or three months, but I'm talking high school days and they're in a box in my room and my sister has strict instructions that when I die, she takes that box and she burns it because I have spoken so much trash about everyone in my family that if anyone were to read those, there would be no one at my fucking funeral. I'm just saying, but I'm talking journal, not like dear diary journal, write down your thoughts why when we used to study in school well i never studied in school but my friends who did 
Why did you make notes? Why did you write stuff out? Because writing stuff out actually helps your brain process and understand concepts. And it's the same with your body. Your body needs to be understood and nurtured and heard as much as anything else, but we never give it an opportunity. So journal, write down whatever comes to mind. It doesn't have to be dear diary. It doesn't have to have the fucking dates. It doesn't have to have a beginning, a body and a conclusion. It just write, write down however you feel like, whatever you feel like. I have a friend who records voice memos as and when he thinks of things, he just speaks into his phone because he can't type. <laughs> He's fucking useless at it. And then he'll go back and listen to them after the fact. And also hearing your own voice back is so good and so, um, so therapeutic. I listen to my own podcasts. <laughs> but that's because I'm amazing. Anyway, practice listening. Yes, this fuck people don't listen these days. Mm. I've noticed so much lately that people listen during a conversation just to wait so that they can find a gap so that they can start talking. Like, you're not actually listening to what the other person's saying. You're just waiting for them to take a breath so that you can be like, oh, actually, I've got a better story. Let me tell you mine. So pay attention to people when they are speaking. Observe emotions and body language. As I said earlier, looking at facial expressions and stuff like that. Observing other people's emotions and body language will help you to better understand your own. And whew, this is a hard one, y'all. Don't judge or evaluate. Yer, fuck. Imagine we could get that right. That would be amazing. Mm. And the last one, gain a different perspective. Right? So <laughs> people nowadays don't like asking for opinions because a difference in opinion is scary and upsetting. Whereas a difference in opinion should actually be seen as interesting and intriguing and challenging. We are a butthurt society of people who don't believe that everyone has an opinion. And even if you do, you should keep it to yourself. Which, to some extent, I agree with. But it will push you out of your comfort zone. And it will really cultivate self-awareness just to ask someone else their opinion on something it doesn't have to be something huge like what do you think about the fact that i was abused as a kid like holy fuck don't need to ask him that just gain a different perspective on anything and this is oh there goes my ankle again this is why i love my best friend so much maya i've known her for 13 years 14 years and um, i'm actually going to have her on for a podcast one of these days but we could not be more different if we tried. She is full-on vegan. Good God, I'm not. She is like super duper healthy. I'm not. Like she does yoga and like mindfulness and meditation. And she's like super chilled and she goes on hikes. Like I want to maul myself with a barbell and fall on my head doing handstand push-ups. Like we could not be more different. I'm loud and obnoxious and I swear like a trooper. She is quite an introvert and she appreciates her alone time. But the two of us together work so well. And honestly, I think one of the reasons we do is exactly this, is that we almost challenge each other's self-awareness and cultivate each other's self-awareness because 
I can I always know that I will gain a different perspective on one thing at least every time I see her. We have really productive, in-depth, meaningful conversations about things that she, and things that she's so knowledgeable about. I will sit and I will listen and I will learn things that I'm knowledgeable about, which is not much, but I will teach her, do not have children, drink lots of wine. You know, this is, these are the things that I can contribute. Um, so those are the five ways to cultivate your self-awareness. One more time, guys, it's create space and time, practice mindfulness, journal your awareness, practice listening and gain a different perspective. Okay. Now let's get to what happens when you've done all of this, right? You're amazing. So proud of you. Such a good student. So you've done all of this. You have your self-awareness. You know what you need to do. Now what? And my therapist had such a good analogy this week. And I thought I need to find a way to share this. And I was talking about how you can have awareness and you can know what action you need to take. And you can verbalize that either to yourself because you can actually speak to yourself. You should actually speak to yourself. I speak to myself all the time. So you verbalize the action that needs to be taken, either to yourself or to whether you're, if you're in a relationship and you're needing something different from your partner, or if you're in a shitty job and you're needing more respect from your boss, or if your kid is an asshole and you're needing your kid to respect you more, whatever your situation is, and you decide the action that you want to take. I said to my therapist, um, I was speaking about a specific situation in my life and a very toxic uh, relationship that I can't actually um, necessarily remove myself from completely because we're talking about family. And I said to her, and I've tried, I said to her, because she said to me, have you spoken to this person? Have you, have you tried to change their way of thinking? Have you tried to change how this person deals with the situation? And I said, yes, I have. I've asked, I've said, please don't fucking get into my business. Please don't, like I've, I've have, I've verbalized and it's not helping. If anything, it's gotten worse. And she had such an interesting analogy. I said, what I said was, and this person won't change. I said, this person won't respect my boundary. And she said, Sheena, is it a won't or is it a can't? And I said to her, oh, actually, I've got goosebumps. And I said to her, what do you mean? She said, is it that she won't respect your boundary? Or is it that she can't, that she physically, emotionally, mentally can't. She does not have the capability to actually do what you are asking of her. Because of her own position in her life and her own self-awareness or lack thereof, you are asking of this person something that they literally cannot do, not won't do. Maybe this person's not actually just being a dick for the sake of it. Maybe this person actively cannot respect your boundary because they never learned how and they don't actually know how to do it. And I said, but then what do I do? Do I keep, do I keep asking? Do I keep re reiterating it and just stand steadfast in my belief and in my boundary and just keep asking until hopefully something clicks or whatever? 
And she had this analogy. It was so brilliant. So she goes, Sheena, imagine that there's an ice cream shop. And it's an amazing ice cream shop. It is. They've got 20 different flavors. Fucking amazing flavors. Like, it is just the tits, this ice cream shop. And you go to this ice cream shop. And there's nothing wrong with the ice cream shop. It's amazing. And you go to the ice cream shop and you go, I'd like a pizza, please. And the guy's like, uh, we don't have pizza. And you're like, no, but I want pizza. And he goes, um, I don't know what to tell you, ma'am. We don't have pizza. And you're like, what the fuck? I'm asking you for pizza. How can you tell me you don't have pizza? And the guy's like, listen, lady. I mean, we're an ice cream shop. We've got 20 fucking flavors. Like, I don't know what else you could possibly need. Just have ice cream. We don't have pizza. And eventually you're like, oh, fuck it. Okay, I'll have ice cream. And you'll have the ice cream. There's nothing wrong with the ice cream. The ice cream is amazing. But you didn't want ice cream. You wanted pizza. So you have the ice cream, and after you've had the ice cream, yes, the ice cream was amazing. And the guy who works at the store is like, "Mm mm-hmm, bet you loved that. And you're like, yeah, it was nice, but you still want pizza. And she said, that is the analogy of a real-life situation where you are asking someone or you are asking something of a situation that it can't give, not won't can't said you are going to an ice cream shop and you are demanding pizza you're not gonna get pizza so i said so what do what do i do she said well you need to go to a pizza shop or you need to go to the ice cream shop knowing that you can't ask for pizza and you have to just settle for ice cream and with family most of the time that's what's going to happen. Because you can't just leave the ice cream shop and never go back. You have to go to the ice cream shop knowing that you're going to have to just have some ice cream. And not ask for pizza. Because there's no way they're going to be able to give you pizza. And another thing that she said which was so interesting. And this this feeds into my... Um, well, I had. I don't have any more. I had very low self-esteem. And I would ask for things that I knew the other person wouldn't be able to give me because that only reaffirmed my belief that I wasn't worthy. Which again is such a fucking retarded thing when you think about it. You're like, why would my brain do that to myself? Why would I actively ask for something that I know the person isn't going to be able to give me because that reaffirms that I'm not worthy? Why? Because it's familiar. Why? Because that's how I felt growing up. So, it's comforting. You see, is, are, we, are you with me? Are you with me? Are we all understanding? See how this all kind of meshes into one another? So that's the other thing. You will actively pick an ice cream shop. You will actively know they don't serve pizza. But you will consciously choose to go there and ask for pizza. And when they say, we don't have pizza, you go, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I don't deserve pizza. And my therapist said, and if you do that long enough, you will think and believe that there is no pizza in the world. 
you will go, you know what, I'm asking for something that clearly doesn't even exist. So I'm going to stop asking. Meanwhile, you're just asking the wrong fucking person. Boom, bitch. Suck on that. <clears throat> anyway. Please, guys, let me know if that makes sense and let me know if that resonates with you at all. I hope that I explained it correctly and properly. 40 minutes. How the fuck? Okay. Anyway, now I've got like a mishmash of handwritten notes at the back here. So I, I'm kind of, this is me now wrapping up, right? So what did we learn? We learned that having awareness is not enough. You have to turn that awareness into action. How do we do that? Through self-awareness. It is constant work, guys. It is constant work. And that is what I've realized over the past three or four weeks. It's been humbling as fuck. I'm not going to lie. I thought that I was like on my way, healed, motherfuckers. No, not happening. Not happening. So it is constant work. And as much as that might make you feel despondent, it should also make you feel excited and it should motivate you because you have the power to change your narrative. You have the power. You've always had the power and you will always have the power. You just have to make the choice to do the work. And that shouldn't be something that makes you feel despondent. That should be something that makes you feel encouraged. So that's the first thing that we can take away from this, right? The second thing, and everyone, please, 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 please write down this name. His name is Maston Kip, M-A-S-T-I-N, Kip, K-I-P-P. Go and follow him on Instagram. He is absolutely fucking brilliant. He explains the science and the nervous system responses behind uh self-love and journeys of self-discovery and mental awareness he's just amazing and he explains things so differently but so well and he used a shower example when he was talking about having to put in the work constantly he goes so i showered on monday i was clean on monday after my shower so i'm i'm just not going to shower again because i'm clean i mean i showered so why should i shower again well, because every day you get dirt on you from the outside world, from working, from all of these factors, and every day you need to shower. Do you have people that give up on showering because, oh, well, I have to, if I have to fucking do it every day, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. This is bullshit. Well, you do get some people like that, but we are not those people. He's like, that's the kind of attitude you have to have with your mental health and with your journey, and with your self-awareness, and cultivating it, it's daily work, just like you shower every day, just like you brush your teeth every day, you're telling me there are people out there who are like, fuck this, I'm throwing my toothbrush away, you're telling me I have to do this every day, what, twice a day, fuck you, that's ridiculous, no, <laughs> so apply the same logic to your emotional state, just like you work on your physical body because it's the only one you have. Guess what? Your nervous system and your brain and your heart and your emotional fucking system is also the only one you have. So you can be really hot and skinny and have clean teeth and have showered every day. But if you end up in grunduckies because you've fucking fallen off the deep end, that's not really going to help anyone. So all I'm saying is you need to see it as something that you have to work on every day just as much as everything else in your life. 
There are ebbs and flows. Just like everything else in life, there are ebbs and flows. So you are going to go through stages where you feel on top of the world. And then you're going to come crashing down again. And that's fine. That is fine. You cannot appreciate the highs if you do not have the lows. As long as you maintain focus and you have motivation during those lows and you have a support system around you, you will be fine. But do not give up. Do not think, oh, well, now that I've had a shitty day or a shitty week or I'm feeling a little bit down and depressed, all the fucking work I've done over the last year and a half has gone out the window. I might as well just give up. And I say that because that's literally how I felt a couple weeks ago. But I pulled myself out of it and I stopped my pity party and turned it into a tequila party instead. (laughs) And here we are. Mm. So that's the next thing. Again, as I said, you will repeat a cycle until you break it. You need to choose to change. There needs to be conscious growth and conscious action. This is not something that's going to happen organically on its own. If you are talking about 25, 30, 35, 40 plus years of programming, how long do you think it's going to take to break that or to change it? And I have another analogy, and I think I've used this before. I just thought of it off the top of my head. I don't know if I have spoken about this before. If I have, I apologize. But your brain has pathways, neural pathways that are created right? And imagine, think about walking in a field. And the first time you walk through the field that's overgrown, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have to take a machete with you and you're going to be chopping down the grass and you're going to be moving the, the rocks out the way. It's going to be tedious. It's going to be hard work. But eventually you're going to get through. And then the next time you go, the grass will have grown back a little bit, but it's going to be a lot easier. Maybe you cut back a little bit more of the grass. Maybe there are a couple more rocks that you want to move. There's some roots that you pull out and you walk and it's a lot easier than it was the first time. By the fourth or fifth or sixth time you walk that same route and you walk that same path, it's piss. You literally walk. You don't even need to take your machete anymore. You just walk. It's easy. And your brain is the same. Your brain creates neural pathways when you are a child. Whether they are healthy or not is irrelevant. Your brain thinks in a certain way based on your environment and how you were raised and what you were exposed to. And even though it might not be healthy for you, it's the easiest way for your neural pathways to travel. So without consciously forcing your brain to change the way it works and thinks, It will always choose the path of least resistance. Always. And you need to forge new pathways. How do you forge new pathways? The first time you meditate is going to be really difficult. You're going to get distracted. You're going to think it's bullshit. Your ass is going to go numb. Your hip flexors are going to seize. Your mind's going to be going a million miles a second. It's probably going to make you feel worse than it does anything else because you get to sit and think about all the shit going on in your head because that's the first time you're doing it. It's a new neural pathway that you've never actually traveled before. It's going to be hard. You have to take that machete out again for the first time in 30 years and you have to hack at that grass and make a new pathway. And guess what? First time is going to be the hardest. The second time will be easier. But if you wait too long 
between that first time and the second time. The second time you try it is going to be just as difficult because all the grass has grown back and all the weeds have grown back and all the rocks have rolled back into the path. So it you have to be vigilant with it, guys. And I know it sounds like a lot of work, but it's not. I promise you it's not. When you get through the first couple of weeks, it becomes second nature and you actually miss it when you don't have those things in your life. And once you have forged those new neural pathways, you can start changing your programming, your 30, 40 years worth of programming. But it takes time. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. And that's what everyone needs to understand. The last thing that I want to talk about, and this is also a Maston, uh, Maston video, is he speaks about having people around you, having a support system around you that expose you to disconfirming experiences. So a confirming experience is like, back to the ice cream analogy, a confirming experience is asking something of someone knowing that they can't give it to you. And they say to you, I can't give it to you. And you go, oh, I knew it. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. That's a confirming experience because it is confirming what you believe about yourself to be true. And you, in fact, as I said earlier, you will put yourself in situations specifically to get a confirming experience, even if it's hurtful and even if you don't like the outcome. It's because it's confirming and it's familiar and it makes you feel secure. What you need is to surround yourself with people who expose you to disconfirming experiences. Meaning, they change your life. They change your perspective. They change your outlook. And this doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And sometimes it's the person you least expect who does this for you. And I know that you read all over Instagram and all over the internet that people don't change. People will never change. People do fucking change. The right people change for the right reasons. You have to want to change. Absolutely. It comes down to you. You have to do the work. You have to be self-aware. You have to turn your self-awareness into action. You have to decide that you want to change. 100%. But you are never going to be able to do that if you are surrounded by people who continually confirm the lies that you believe about yourself. I'm sorry. You will hear different opinions about this. People will say that it's all down to you and you shouldn't have to rely on the people around you and other people can't make you change. I truly believe that the people around you can absolutely absolutely help you to change and they do that through disconfirming experiences so that is where for the first time in your life you go to someone and you ask for something that you've never gotten before you ask something of someone that you are a hundred percent sure they are not going to be able to give you and they fucking turn around and they give it to you and you're like holy fuck wait what that is a disconfirming experience it is not frequent that you get that through family members especially older family members because they are very set in their ways 
And unless they are going on their own self journey, they won't even understand what a disconfirming and a confirming experience is. If you mention codependent to a grandparent, they'll probably think that you've sneezed and just say bless you. So you have to be aware of who you are surrounding yourself with. If you do not feel supported by the people around you in your journey, and if you feel like you are surrounded by people who only confirm the things about yourself that you are trying to change, that's a fucking problem. And as I've said, it's not easy to walk away, especially when it's family. But then you need to set boundaries. And if you haven't listened to my podcast on boundaries, go and listen to it. Because not having any support from your family is better than having support that only confirms your traumatic experiences instead of disconfirming them. So go and listen to Maston's video. It's on his Facebook page about disconfirming experiences. It is such an intelligent way to look at things because people have started leaning more towards helping yourself in isolation and it doesn't matter about like what the people around you think it's all about you and your journey and prioritize yourself and stopping a codependent yes absolutely I agree with all of that but what he said really fucking like it hit me when he said you need to surround yourself with people who expose you to disconfirming experiences and who open up your eyes and who help you forge new neural pathways if you ask for something and you actually get it when you didn't think you were going to, that's going to forge a new neural pathway because your brain is going to go, oh, fuck, there is pizza in the world. I just need to go to the pizzeria to ask for it. I should stop going to the ice cream shop. Holy shit. From now on, I'll go to the pizzeria. Hello. Now I really want pizza. Anyway, what are we on? Fuck, 53 minutes. Need to wrap this up. So... To close, guys, no one else is you, right? <laughs> Thank God for that. Can you imagine two Sheenas? Jesus. Anyway, and no one else has been on your journey. No one else has walked your specific path and has been through everything that you have been through. Whether it's something that happened to you that you never, ever, ever want to talk about again, or whether it's something that's ongoing and you know that you need to stop and change this is your wake-up call. I am speaking to you. You need to make that change. No one else is going to do it for you. You can message me. I'm here. It's going to be like the blind leading the fucking blind. But I don't mind. I am here. As long as you're choosing to do the work. As long as you're choosing to change. And as long as you're actively working on cultivating your self-awareness and making that change stick and surrounding yourself with people who love you and who help you disconfirm your experiences, life's going to be fucking amazing, guys. Like, I'm so excited for 2021. I actually can't tell you. I feel some big changes coming. And I know that I've changed. I know that I've changed for the better. I know that I have a very long way to go. But the people who matter in my life the people who disconfirm my experiences instead of confirming them have told me as much. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, I got this. I mean, five out of every seven days is still a shit show, but getting better. But guys, do what works for you. 
do what works for you. And and that's and that's the my final thought is if you try meditation and you feel like a fucking asshole and the entire time your kid is screaming and you just can't seem to understand how this is relaxing for anyone because it's so cuck try it for a week try anything for a week try it for a week and if after the week the reminder goes off for you to do your meditation and you're like oh jesus i really couldn't think of anything worse then don't do it then find something else don't give up and not do anything find something else go for a 15 minute walk or crochet motherfucker i don't know or Rather do breathing techniques. There are beautiful breathwork apps that you can download. I love breathwork, honestly. More so than I do meditation, if I'm honest. Although the do kind of, two do kind of go hand in hand. Try hypnotherapy. Try talking to a therapist. Try taking up a new sport. Try improving your gut health. Because gut health is linked to emotional and mental well-being. Try something that wo- and you will find something that works for you. I promise you, no one in the history of the world has ever not liked anything that would help them cultivate self-awareness. You just have to find what works for you. Obviously, listening to my podcast every week, that's like a given. But you need to find what works for you, whatever that may be. And once you find it, stick with it, stick to it, put it in your diary, daily reminders, let someone else remind you and hold you accountable and just work to be the best version of yourself that you can be because we are all fucked up. But guess what? We are all fucking amazing. So until next time, guys, be brave, be messy, and always be real. Love you guys. Mwah! And I missed your faces.